Hi friends, Nairi here. Please listen through to find out how you can support this podcast and the rest of my work. Friends, this work is my passion, and it is picking up. Articles, streams, podcast appearances, consults on documentaries, major progress on my manuscripts, and it merits my full attention. Piecemeal freelance work is unpredictable and infrequent, and book royalties ebb as they have been recently. That's where you come in. Every little bit that you support here helps support me and keep me working for you. We're now at $731 a month on Patreon, with lots of stretch goals ahead. Physical rewards start at $800, but if I got to $2,000 a month, I would be confident in my ability to support myself independently, housed, lights on, and able to buy needed books, apps, and ad space, and make this my full-time focus. So if you enjoy my work, sign up today, patreon.com slash riversidewings. Link is in the description. In a time when historical awareness is vitally critical to issues of current events, civic engagement, and more, your support will help me bring my professional training, plus my passion as someone who started out in fandom before academe, to the masses. So even as we read the novels, watch the movies, play the games, let's round out our appreciation of the real people, ideas, events, and more that go into making them. Let's understand where they fall short, and better appreciate them where they soar. History is funnier, messier, stranger, more interconnected, and yes, gayer, than you might have thought. So gather round. Let's explore and enjoy it together. Thanks again for your support. I love you all. Thank you for being the wind beneath my wings. And now, on with the show. This week on Friday Night History, Stumbling Over History. My encounter with Otsuka Yorimitsu and a glimpse into astronomy education in 18th century Sendai. This episode of Friday Night History was recorded before a live Twitch audience at twitch.tv slash riversidewings. Can you hear them cheering? Subscribe to catch future recordings, gaming streams, and more. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash riversidewings. Your support makes all of this possible. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Episode 30. Stumbling over history. So the story starts here, and it goes like this. When I lived in Sendai in 2005, I lived in a neighborhood astride Japan National Route 4, the old Oshu Highway. This was a trunk road used by the 8th century Yamato state in its colonization of Emishi lands in northern Honshu. Later, it was the highway by which commerce, mail, and daimyo processions moved up and down the region. Today, it's still a major trunk road, but around my house there was plenty of sidewalk and lots of businesses, so I often went out exploring. On that particular day, I went out up the road just a piece, Right next to a Porsche dealership, a sign pointed down a narrow alley reading Yamanotera Dounji, 
Yamanotera Doun Temple. Intrigued to find a new-to-me temple, I stepped into the alley, following it as it slowly narrowed. When it opened back up, what I found left me breathless. I remember trees. A meadow, slowly rising. Temple buildings on the far side of the meadow. And no sound of a nearby major national highway at all. So I kept walking. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not punching up the Miyazaki factor here or anything. It really was a stark difference, night and day, between the ambiance of the road and that of the meadow before the temple complex. I remember caves in the rock face to the left. Apparently in those caves are the Iwaya Kannon Temple and the Byako Kannon Temple. On analysis of a map today, I can see that those two were smaller temples and hermitages of their own in the same complex. But at the time, I was just standing there staggering forward with my mouth agape at how suddenly peaceful it was. Up the little rise toward the copse of trees, I looked left and right trying to get my bearings when I tripped on unexpectedly stony ground. As I got up, I realized I'd fallen on ground in front of a grave. To the right, a wooden stake painted white had an inscription in black letters, Sendai Han Tenmon Gaksha Ootsuka Yorimitsu Sensei no Haka. Grave of Sendai Domain Astronomer Ootsuka Yorimitsu Sensei. And that, dear reader, is how I literally stumbled on history one day when I'd gone out for a stroll. Much later, I learned that this temple, a temple of the Soto sect, was founded in the early 8th century. It's one of the oldest in town, and at this point, it has existed for longer than the province that used to be there until 1869. But who was Otsuka Yurimitsu, the astronomer buried at Dounji Temple? Otsuka Yurimitsu was an 18th century astronomer. He was a Sendai vassal, born in Kyoho 17, that is, 1732, and he's also known as Otsuka Zenemon. He studied under astronomer and mathematician Satake Yoshine, born 1689, died 1767, and was licensed by Satake in 1760. Otsuka served two generations of daimyo. Date Munemura, 1718 to 1756, ruled 1743 to 1756, and his son Date Shigemura, 1742-1796-1790. At the time, there was a new lunisolar calendar system called the Horyaku calendar, which was introduced in 1755. The shogunate, during the reign of reformist 8th shogun Yoshimune, was aiming for its own new calendar based on the influences of Western astronomy, a project spearheaded by Nishikawa Seikyu. But Nishikawa did not finish his task before Yoshimune's death in 1751. Meanwhile, the Tsuchimikado family in Kyoto a line of hereditary Ommyodo diviners who headed the imperial court's Ministry of Divination, the subject of a very popular Friday Night History thread before we made the jump to podcast format, clashed with Nishikawa and eventually won out. 
Making a calendar was part of the ministry's work, because in order to ensure the proper conduct of rites, you need a proper calendar so that you know what stars are in what places. Thus, the ministry was also um, like Western alchemists in that it needed to deal with real science. It had a hand in astronomy, weather forecasting, telling time, making official calendars. This is all important to the magic and the court ritual. Things need to be done properly between all the different planes of existence. For over a millennium, through the highs and lows of imperial court power, the ministry handled all of this. The trouble was, despite all of this, the Horyaku calendar, based on the earlier Jokyo calendar, had flaws, and Tsuchimikado had used the essentials of the Jokyo calendar unaltered. And on October 7th, 1763, the first of the ninth month of Horeki 13, there was an eclipse that the calendar missed entirely. Otsuka was one of several astronomers from Sendai Domain that predicted the eclipse despite this error, and was one of a quite a few across the country. Bear in mind that speaking out too stridently had a way of getting scholars in trouble. We talked recently about Hayashi Shihei and his discourse on coast defense and how it ran afoul of the shogunate. But in this case, Otsuka was not alone in voicing this criticism, and in the end, the Horyaku calendar was retired from use in 1798 after only 43 years in service. Given the importance of calendars to the conduct of rites, I can see how he got away with the criticism. But Otsuka's career wasn't only focused on astronomy. He was also an educator who worked with the Date clan's main domain school. You might remember our earlier episode about Kotodai Park and Yokendo, the Sendai domain school. Yokendo's school library was partially housed some distance away from the school's main campus in Hachimansho at Ryuhoji Temple. This was where the school kept outstanding collection of religious texts and Chinese classics, among others. Louise Watanabe Tung's article, Library Development in Japan, notes that this library, one of several in Sendai, had 16,433 volumes in its collection and predated Yokendo itself by a few decades. In another note of direct personal experience, as it turns out, I visited Ryuhoji one day in September 2005, and I was lucky enough to get a photo of its treasure pagoda at just the right moment as the sun started to go down. If you're listening to the podcast version, check out the blog post to see what I mean. Otsuka ran the library there during the Kansei era, a Japanese Nengo era that ran from 1789 to 1801. This was a pivotal era for Sendai demand and for Japan in general, as this was the era where increasing attention was paid to the northern borders and increasing frequency of encounters with foreign, especially Russian, whaling vessels and warships. We talked about this in the episodes about Mamiyarinzo and uh, Ino Hanzaimon. He thus had a role in educating the generation of Sendai retainers that took the clan into the 19th century and its crises of international incidents and the mad dash for adapting to the demands of a changing world and its attendant technological, linguistic, and national defense needs. Otsuka died in 1801. As I discovered that day in 2005 when I visited the temple grounds and literally tripped over his grave, he was buried at Dounji, where he once made astronomical observations, which makes the grave in the meadow make a whole lot more sense, given that there really isn't a cemetery there.
While the meadow still feels like it's in a world apart, light pollution means that while some stars do come out over Sendai, the night sky isn't quite what it would have been in his time. More's the pity. But after everything, the temple, his grave, it's all still there. And to think I learned all of that because I literally stumbled on history. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work, sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings. Or subscribe at twitch.tv slash riversidewings and catch gaming, historical banter, and episode recordings. You can find my audio fiction and other short work for sale at riversidewings.itch.io. And check out my novel at bit.ly slash ebook. That's gray with an E. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week. To whom does the Stonewall belong? How the aftermath of the American Civil War collided with the Japanese Civil War. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around. <laughs>